Hello, this is Andrew Farhat. Welcome to the Transform Podcast. I am with my bride, Daisy. Welcome, Hello. Daisy. And today, we are going to answer this question uh, that is frequently stated to the church and to Christianity. Aren't Christians a bunch of self-righteous hypocrites? Um, Daisy is going to kind of guide the conversation, and then I have a lot to say about this. So I am going to share my thoughts, my experience uh, regarding this. And so, Daisy, why don't you get the ball rolling for us? Sure. So this big question, who, who do you think would be interested in hearing the answer to this question? So I think there's really two people, I would say. I think there's, uh, the Christian should be really interested. So if you're a Christian and you're listening, mm. this should be a really important question for you to figure out because a lot of your friends and people who don't believe, this is one of their reasons to not believe. This is one of their excuses to not believe. And so also I think we want to um, obviously not be self-righteous hypocrites. Mm. And actually, I would say this, um, self-righteous Christian is an oxymoron. And I think we're going to see that if we are self-righteous, by definition, we are not needing Jesus's forgiveness in our lives. Huh, true. So it's like we need to nail down what this is about and we need to also be good witnesses to who he is in our lives. Mm. Number two, if you're, I think someone who would be interested in this would be someone who this is their reason. This is their reason to not believe. And I hope like if you're listening, you might share this with someone like that in your life. Uh, obviously we've heard that for the past 20 years of our lives mm -hmm. uh, about reasons why people don't want to believe. I, I used to hang out with the group of guys in high school that said they were Christians, but they didn't live like it. So that's why I don't go to church. Um, in high school, there was this coach who claimed to be a Christian, but he was doing some very immoral things. So it turned me off and scarred me for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. If that's you, I would encourage you to just hear me out today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So just so we're all on the same page right now, um, Andrew, what is a Christian? All right, so I think that's a really good opening question. So what is a Christian? Because we're saying that uh, Christians are a turnoff because they're self-righteous hypocrites. But first, I think we need to define what a Christian is. Mm. And I would say that Jesus gets to define that, mm. not us. And he says in Mark chapter 1, verses 15 through 17, he says, repent and believe the good news about me that's the first thing he says. Repent and believe the good news. So here's what I would just start off by saying. A Christian is daily living in repentance. Mm. So we actually are not about, look at me, I'm amazing. Mm -hmm. But we are, our whole faith is, I am a sinner in need of God's forgiveness. So there's a, there is a, um, a, a self-awareness of imperfection. There's a daily self-awareness of sin. Mm -hmm. So I think that, that is the first thing to just kind of nail down. And so Christians are expected to sin daily out of our weakness. Mm -hmm. So we have a sinful nature. Mm -hmm. We will uh, make bad choices daily. Sometimes we're influenced a lot by just the culture around us and we start getting into sinful tendencies because it's just what you do in the town you live in. Um, 
we all will have bad choices, daily weakness, issues, but we're aware of it. And now, Christians should be judged and tested, however, based on how they respond to their awareness of their sin. Repentance is we're willing to admit that and we're willing to make it right and to keep making the effort to change. So we're not just, hey, I've got it, follow, do what I do every day because I'm, I'm nailing it and batting a thousand every day. But our lives should be predicated upon repentance, which is when you confront me with my sin and the word of God confronts me with my sin, let's just put it that way, mm -hmm. I'm going to confess my sins. Mm. And that's why Christians, like in our daily worship, Daisy, what do we do weekly before we have communion? Yeah, we, we examine ourselves, which means we think about, you know, the past week and what our lives have looked like. And then we repent of what um, we know has been against what God's will is. Right. And, and Daisy, I'm going to get you a little bit more involved so I don't just talk the whole time. But what is repentance from your viewpoint then? What, is, what does it mean to repent? You've, started, you've gotten the ball rolling mm -hmm. with confession. Mm -hmm. What else? Yeah, I mean, it's a determination to not do the things that you know are wrong in the future. And again, it's not that from then on we'll never do it again, but it's that awareness and that wanting to um, bring our lives in conformity with what God says and that desire that desire to conform our lives to him and also a sorrow mm -hmm. that we have done something wrong. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, and so some things have taken me years mm -hmm. to eradicate from my lives, from mm -hmm. my life. And then there's other things that have taken less amount of mm -hmm. time to get out of my life, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and some things are lifelong, like we're really trying to grow out of, like being triggered and getting angry or, mm -hmm you know, whatever. And mm -hmm. so, but it's the process and the willingness to be humble and to say, spirit, guide me, spirit, heal me, mm -hmm. form me. Mm -hmm. uh, but then I think, you know what I think, Daisy, the rubber hits the road for a lot of people when it's somebody influential mm -hmm. that has a name mm -hmm. publicly mm -hmm. who is guilty of secretly like hooking up with a prostitute mm -hmm. or secretly having an affair of some sort. Usually it's sexual sin that's mm -hmm. the most scandalous mm -hmm. uh, these days. And so, um, and, and, and rightly so, mm -hmm. Jesus gives us our bodies to be holy. So a sin against our body, Jesus says, or rather Paul says in 1 Corinthians, it is, there's an impact mm -hmm. when we sin against our body. So that's why right. sexual sin will have greater consequences than jaywalking. Right. Like I jaywalked uh, yesterday to go to Chipotle and I'm, I'm still a pastor, um, <laughs> right? So, um, but there's big public sin, but to my point, it's how you respond. Mm -hmm. So I'm just gonna bring up a Bible story that many people are aware of, and if you're listening and you're not aware of it, this is a story of a, of a man by the name of King David, who's a big name, a thousand years before Christ. So he's the man, he's the king, he beat Goliath. Many know the story of how he, you know, beat Goliath, this big dude that was bigger than him, right? So he was caught committing adultery, mm -hmm. and also he had 
her, his mistress's husband murdered too. Right. So not only am I going to sleep with your wife, I'm going to get you out of the equation so I can take your wife and marry her and maybe like I can just get away with it, right? Yeah. So big public sin, big public figure. But here's what happened. The prophet Nathan confronts him mm -hmm. and tells him this story that just convicts him of sin, mm -hmm. right? So what does David do? He's convicted. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's convicted. He's in agreement. He's not justifying it. He's not in rebellion. He knows that there was a big lapse in his judgment, but he repents in tears and he writes Psalm 51, which is, God, don't take away the joy of my salvation. Mm -hmm. Restore me and create in me a clean heart, mm -hmm. right? So it's like the way he responded is why King David still revered mm -hmm. by people, millions of people today, mm -hmm. right? But if he persisted in it and was like, you know what, I'm the king, so I'm gonna have ladies. Mm -hmm. Probably not the same legacy, no. right? No, he probably wouldn't know who he is today. So Daisy, like, why do you think we have made celebrity pastors mm -hmm. in America? Because I think what we've noticed is this isn't, doesn't seem to be like an issue in other cultures as much as it is in America. Mm -hmm. Like there's more, Af there's more Christians in Africa than in our country mm -hmm. today. But you never really hear about an African Christian celebrity pastor. Mm -hmm. But you do hear about celebrity pastors here. Mm -hmm. And then sadly, we've been seeing them get caught in public sin lately. Mm -hmm. So like, I guess, can you just like comment on that whole phenomena? Mm -hmm. And maybe it's time Christians stopped glorifying mm -hmm. a really good communicator mm -hmm. and going crazy with it all? Mm -hmm. I think that's the tendency of our American culture is to glorify and to make celebrity status out of people. And um, it seems that as Americans, our tendency to want to hold someone up and to follow that person and to revere them, it's just maybe built into the way that we are as Americans. Mm -hmm. But I think it would be so healthy for us as Christians to really um, see that not be blind to it and see, see that if you're going to hold someone up, I mean, how many celebrities, regardless of whether they're Christians or not, do we, you know, see in the news when they've done something wrong? Mm -hmm. So it, I think as Christians, it would be good to not glorify a human being and hold them up to that much praise. Because if you have someone up here, the only way they can go is down unless right? they're perfect. And absolutely, thank goodness for those awesome Christian leaders who have stayed strong and stayed steady and haven't come under pu public scrutiny, but that's a lot of pressure right. for them. So I think what you're saying is, if you idolize, you will villainize. Eventually, probably so. Because a human can't live up to that pedestal, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like I fear for Christians like Tim Tebow right, right. now. Right because he's idolized so much and he hasn't messed up, you know, and I, I hope he never does, but it's like, man, what are we doing to that guy? Yeah, um, But I guess here's, here's what's interesting about this question for me is, Daisy, uh, did you attend Mars Hill Church when you were in college? I did, went, right when it was getting going. 
and you attended after college also. Mm -hmm. I think I remember when I was dating you in 2004, you attended Mars Hill Church. Mm -hmm. And did you ever meet Mark Driscoll? Yeah, I was in a small Bible study with him years ago that he led on my college campus. So he led a Bible study at Seattle Pacific University, is that right? Mm -hmm. And you were at the Bible study with him. And mm -hmm. so what was it like to be in a Bible study with Mark Driscoll and then witness the uh, astronomical church growth of Mars Hill Church in Seattle? Yeah, I mean, I had never experienced anything like that in my life, of course. You know, meeting him for the first time, you could tell he was a very gifted teacher. Um, very charismatic, you know, you could tell he was going places, but then to see what happened with that church was just, it was quite a thing to be a part of at the time. Right, because people, would you say people were going to worship, to worship Jesus, or were they going to hear Mark? I mean, I'm not going to say everyone was going to hear Mark, and there were a lot of believers there who really loved Jesus, and I think he led people to love Jesus. However, he did attain that celebrity status, and I think a lot of people wanted to hear what, what Mark Driscoll was going to say next. Right, and I think that, and he, he is, because he still is, a gifted communicator, Yeah. Uh, very strong theologically, Yeah. Uh, but then the sentiment I heard from friends at Mars Hill was, we walk away from church talking more about Mark than we talk about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that was always a struggle for them. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, we all know, and if you're listening, you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, Mark Driscoll, unfortunately, um, had to, he, he stepped down and resigned as the pastor of Mars Hill when there was an investigation but I think what happened afterwards was, is kind of different than a lot of churches. People just all left. Mm -hmm. And then the main campus uh, closed. Mm -hmm. So there's other churches today where uh, perhaps the, the lead pastor resigns, but then there's a, there's a stronger connection to Christ and the community to keep the church going, mm -hmm. right? And so I think that kind of goes back into our our kind of thesis statement is let's stop glorifying pastors mm -hmm. because it was also wrong how everybody um, kind of elevated and glorified Mark in the first place mm -hmm. too, right? Yeah. That wasn't what Jesus wanted either. No. All right. So I think we can get into the American Christian show, mm -hmm. Celebrity Pastor, and a, a good friend of mine, uh, that does audiovisual was sharing with me that in a at a local megachurch he was spending 10 hours a day setting up lighting and visual stuff and i guess for him it was like i'm spending more time on the flashiness of the church than i would at a concert right now just at surface level, we could still defend churches and say, oh, they're, they're trying to do a good job, right? Mm. But I think our question is, is there something deeper mm. about American Christianity where we kind of get into kind of a, um, a man-centered, exalting experience and we need to be careful? Mm -hmm. Because like you said, if you idolize, you will villainize. Um, and I think you made a point earlier just about how many thousands of pastors are humbly, faithfully doing 
their calling and we don't hear about them, rightly so. That's, that's the way that life is, but let's not forget in the light of the few times that we do hear that a pastor has done something wrong. Absolutely. We always hear about what makes the news. Right. And you know what? The ordinary pastor of a church of a hundred that's faithfully leading and mm -hmm. loving his wife and children and loving and making a difference, he's not making the news. He's right. boring. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, good point. And I'm just going to shift gears a little bit to this thought. Growing up, there was a man who claimed to be a Christian that I knew, mm -hmm. but he definitely did not understand what it looked like to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. But he was living out his religious understanding of Christianity. Mm -hmm. And my contention today mm -hmm. is that there are a lot of people in Denver and Seattle and major cities in America that they grew up in church, they no longer go to church, or maybe they still are, and they're living out their religious understanding of Christianity. Mm -hmm. Uh, what they've heard it is. Also, they're living out what they think. Maybe they've heard a good version, but they don't agree with it all. <laughs> but they're still attending church and disagree mm -hmm. with half of it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but see, so people live out a religious understanding of Christianity. But here's my contention today. It doesn't mean that they fit the definition of a Christian from Jesus. Mm. When I got to college, I met a person who did. Mm -hmm. He was filled with love, joy, confidence, self-control, lived differently, mm -hmm. was making a difference with faith, hope, and love, mm -hmm. was making a difference with a lot of men at the college. Mm -hmm. And then I said, this is what a true Christian is, mm -hmm. who's meeting what Jesus said. Mm -hmm. And what Jesus said is this, follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. Mm -hmm. So follow me means you're getting to know me. I will make you means I'm changing you. I'm transforming your life. I will make you a fisher of men means you have a mission now. So you don't get to just claim you're a Christian and then disobey, follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. Mm -hmm. So I guess here's my point that I want to make. If you're listening and uh, you're like, man, all I've known is self-righteous hypocrite Christians. Mm -hmm. And that's my reason for not considering Jesus and following Jesus and going to church. Here's what I would say. You need to meet more Christians. Mm. Because what I would say is, I think in our lives and in our journey, mm -hmm. the majority of the people we know that are trying to figure out the Jesus thing and truly understanding, follow me and I'll make you a fisher mm -hmm. of men, like, they're trying. They're mm -hmm. worshiping the Lord. Yeah. They, they love Jesus. They are radically generous. <laughs> they are making a difference in the community and city they live in. Mm -hmm. The majority are like that. Mm -hmm. And so I guess I would say, don't write us all off, <laughs> right? There are some of us that have embraced not a religion, but a relationship with mm. Jesus. And that was the big turning point for me, mm -hmm. is when someone said, Andrew, this isn't about religion. This is about a relationship with Jesus. And then the light bulb turned on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Any thoughts, Daisy? Yeah, well, I guess um, we've talked a lot about what a Christian is. And so why don't you tell us what then is a hypocrite? Okay. So, uh, so what we've said is a Christian is repentant. 
So it doesn't mean they've got it all together. But then what's a hypocrite? Mm -hmm. See, and I think this is a, such a good question. <laughs> a hypocrite, by definition, Jesus' definition is do as I say, mm -hmm. but not as I do. So a hypocrite says, do this, but then they're not living it themselves. Mm -hmm. So a hypocrite is like someone who says, be generous to the church. But then in secret, they're not generous to the church. Mm -hmm. That's, um, or a, a Christian could say, hey, it's wrong to drink. But then in secret, they bust out the bottle of wine every night at 8 p.m. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's, that's Jesus' definition of a hypocrite. So, but here's, my, here's a point I would make today is this. I think a lot of religious Christians that don't get it are actually not hypocrites. Mm -hmm. They're living out what they believe. Mm. and they will tell you their beliefs that actually are contrary to Jesus, mm -hmm. and they'll live out those beliefs that are contrary to Jesus. Mm -hmm. But they still want to claim the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just like there's a lack of understanding of kind of where they're at or what being a Christian looks like, mm -hmm. and they are living out what they know. Right. Now, but what I would say is, so I am claiming to be a Christian, obviously. I am the pastor uh, at St. John's Church and School and Renewal Church. I'm the lead pastor here, so obviously I'm claiming to be a Christian. So here's what I'd say. I'm seeking to worship. I'm seeking to have experience with believers. I'm seeking to grow as a follower of Jesus. I love discipleship. Mm -hmm. I'm seeking to serve as much as I can. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeking to share Jesus with other people. Mm -hmm. Most of the Christians I know, that's what we believe. And that's actually what we are living. Mm -hmm. There's Christians that are radically generous. Yes. Um, I know uh, of a Christian who just donated $110,000 to the cause of Christ within the span of two months. Mm. Who does that? Yeah. That's somebody who believes in what they're giving towards and believes in generosity, right? Yeah. So it's like, but he's not going to make the news. Mm, no. Right? So here's my point. Christianity is not about not being a hypocrite. Christianity is about knowing you are a sinner in need of God's grace. Mm. So I think we need to define these terms. <laughs> and... I guess I would say in the midst of me seeking to worship, have fellowship, discipleship, ministry, and mission, mm -hmm. I'm still going to fall short. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean I'm a hypocrite. That right. means I'm actually uh, expressing that I'm a sinner in need of God's grace daily. Right. And I hope that that's how you will ultimately see me mm -hmm. and you will ultimately see a Christian. Mm -hmm. Any thoughts on that? Anything <laughs> I've said there? Well, um, as a Christian... We don't want to be self-righteous, right? Right. So how do we accomplish that? Good, good question. So what does it mean to be self-righteous? And if you're listening today and you're a Christian, are you self-righteous? Because mm. obviously we don't want to be that. And I would say this. I would say most Christians that I know fall into accidental self-righteousness. Mm -hmm. No Christian that has the spirit living in them says, oh, I want to be self-righteous. 
or would admit to being self-righteous because it's actually an oxymoron. It's the definition of what a Christian isn't. Mm -hmm. A Christian is humbly seeking the grace of God, not thinking they got it, right? Right. But I think in our accidental self-righteousness, I think there's these, these three markers. If you're listening, pay attention to this. If you're having infrequent interactions with non-believers and non-Christians, it's likely you're hanging out with only your life group or only Christians and only doing Bible study, you are in danger mm. of becoming self-righteous because mm -hmm. you're not interacting with, like you're not well balanced in your relationships. Jesus was a friend of sinners. Mm -hmm. And if you can maintain who you are, then you should be a friend of sinners too. Mm -hmm. Number two, a self-righteous person is hypercritical about neutral matters. Mm -hmm. So a neutral matter is something scripture doesn't command or forbid, right? So that would be like drinking alcohol, mm -hmm. all right? Christianity gives freedom to drink alcohol, but yet, how many Christians have we met in the last 20 years that are hypercritical about drinking? Mm -hmm. All right? Yeah, a lot. A lot, right? Yeah. So you're in danger of self-righteousness if you go down these roads because you become condemning about areas of freedom. Mm -hmm. And then you start to just be like people are expecting criticism. People are expect they know what they're going to get. He or she's always going to say something negative here. They're going to find fault in mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be an area of freedom. It's mm -hmm. not going to be an area of sin. Mm -hmm. Sin is contrary mm -hmm. to the word of God. Mm -hmm. um, it, yeah. There's, there's a big difference between lovingly correcting someone that you know is a Christian saying, you know, sitting down, having a conversation, hey, you know, I'm kind of seeing in this, this in your life, what do you think about this, let's talk about this. It's much different than the typical thing we think of as in a, a judgmental Christian, one right. who's saying, hey, everybody else is doing this wrong, everyone out there is doing this wrong, right. instead of taking accountability for their own life. Great, great point. So we're called to lovingly, in relationship, correct mm -hmm. others. If we didn't, what kind of love would that be? What mm -hmm. kind of friendship would that be? Mm -hmm. I mean, I've heard that saying, your true friends can talk to you about hard things. Mm -hmm. They aren't just affirming of everything you want to do, even if it's wrong. Mm -hmm. And I'll give an example. There was a buddy mm -hmm. of mine that I took out to dinner one night mm -hmm. to confront him on something. Mm -hmm. And he responded in, with humility. He knew I loved him, mm -hmm. and he knew it was a biblical issue, not a neutral issue. Mm -hmm. And he, he was, had gratitude. Mm -hmm. I've been confronted on a, on a weakness that I have in my past mm -hmm. by a brother. He took me out to dinner, and I knew he loved me. And he wasn't pointing out anything I didn't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he was pointing out something I knew about myself. Mm -hmm. But I humbly received it because I knew he loved me and I knew it was a biblical issue, not a neutral issue. Right. Um, so if you have infrequent interactions with non-believers, you're hypercritical about neutral matters. Or number three, you're, ju you're very judgmental towards other people's salvation. Mm. So no one's saved. You know, no one's ever saved around you. You're mm -hmm. saved. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Like, obviously, you're going down a tough path in your <laughs> theology if you really think that, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think we've even encountered that with other Christians over the years, but that was mainly due to false teaching that they had. Right. Um, so here's where I'm landing the plane, Daisy. All right. 
all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Mm. So none of us should be self-righteous, right. but should be aware we're sinners. None of us should live as hypocrites because we're aware we're sinners. And as people, our faith is in Jesus, not in Christians. Yes. So the Christian faith is not about faith in Christians or the church. It's about faith in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're listening today and you're just like, you know, I've met a lot of hypocrites in my life, I would say this, get to know Jesus and get to know more Christians. Mm -hmm. And I would say at some point, stop making excuses. Right, examine if there's anything deeper there yes is there something deeper or is that your smoke screen mm -hmm. that you go to to get you off the hook because you're saying you like jesus mm -hmm. well maybe you should consider what does he want me to be held accountable to in my life i'm judging everybody else's hypocrisy mm -hmm. but i like jesus so what's he inviting me to mm -hmm. right yeah so thank you for listening today. Um, I, we always appreciate your questions. And if you have one, please submit it to hello at sjdenver.org. Also, if you were blessed by today's podcast and you think that this is relevant to a friend or a family member in your life, we would encourage you to share it. We really appreciate your support, your encouragement towards our ministry, and we will see you the next time. Take care. Bye.